Are you afraid that your kids are going to live in your basement until they inherit your house? At the Kid Factor Academy, we can ease your fears and empower your kids. Go to thekidfactor.fun to book a free chat with me and learn how to get your kids to move out of your basement sooner. Hey, young entrepreneurs and savvy parents. On this podcast, we are unlocking the secrets to financial success and empowering young minds through financial education, personal development, and entrepreneurship. We're here to provide practical tips and guidance on raising unstoppable and money-savvy kids. We'll explore inspiring stories from young trailblazers and interview successful entrepreneurs so your kids won't inherit your financial history. It's never too late to learn about money and build the life most adults only dream of. From managing your birthday money to starting your own community-based business or even launching an online business, we've got you covered. I started my first business at the age of six and a half. I've been a lifelong entrepreneur ever since. So buckle up and join us on this thrilling adventure that will empower you and your kids to achieve unstoppable greatness and generational wealth. I'm your host, Barb V, and this is the Kid Factor Podcast. Hello, Kid Factor family. I am thrilled today. Especially during this holiday season, I have an amazing interview for you today that I think you're going to want to grab note paper and a pen and not be distracted <laughs> because we're talking a little bit about that subject today. As I introduce an amazing woman, Angel Mortensen, and Angel has been married for 18 years has six children. She is raising ADHD warriors. And she has a degree in studied um, family and social science. She is a certified life coach, a certified ADHD parent coach, and the creator of the ADHD Motherhood Mastery Program. Welcome to the show, Angel. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, did you like how I threw that in not to get distracted? Grab your paper and pencil. And, <laughs> it that, made me laugh. I won't lie. <laughs> isn't great. that what it's all about? Oh, yeah. That's what we think, right? But that's all it is. It's just being distracted. There's a lot. There's a lot to it. Well, tell us how you got started in this. Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to try and give you the condensed version because it could get pretty long. <laughs> okay. This is a family show. We try to do it. Parents can drive to work and from home from work and listen to the yes. show. So, I love all right. That. I love that. Okay. Like you said, I've got six children. My first four are girls. And the, my first three daughters are um, what you might call easy. They're, they're easy kids. Raising them was easy. They're very compliant. They get along pretty well. And then came along number four, who was spicy and silly. And like we said from the very start, she had more personality in her pinky finger than the rest of us combined. Like she was just, she was just so fun. Even as a little baby, she was so fun. But as she got older, uh, we started having some real behavioral challenges. Um, and I was pulling my hair out, could not figure out what to do, how to parent this child, what was going on. I, this was a few years ago, 
she was about six or seven, I want to say. I posted just a little tiny clip of a video of her trying to do homework. Side note, homework was a complete and total nightmare with this child. And she was in the first grade. Um, Posted a little video thinking nothing of it. And I got dozens of messages from followers on Instagram saying, it looks like she has ADHD. She looks just like my child who has ADHD. She looks just like me and I have ADHD. And let me tell you, ADHD had never even crossed my mind. I clearly had some preconceived ideas or notions of what I thought ADHD was. And my daughter didn't fit what I believed ADHD was. Um, Long story short, I looked into it a little bit more. I actually ended up taking her to a therapist because of some of her major meltdowns and blow ups. Um, Her emotional dysregulation was off the charts. She would run out of the house screaming that the whole family hates her because I wouldn't let her have ice cream before dinner. (laughs) You know, like, like little things that I was like, this has just always been the family rule. And she would get really upset. So took her to a therapist within five minutes, my therapist said, this is ADHD. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) okay. So from then on, I've just been on a mission to learn everything I can about ADHD, learn everything I can about my daughter, and learn everything I can about parenting a child who has ADHD. And that turned into the most beautiful career of ADHD parent coaching. Wonderful. Now, as we spoke before we got started today, um, you shared with me that ADHD is genetic. It is. Yeah. So 80% of the time it is genetic. Um, okay. It can also come from trauma, uh, which let's talk more about the genetic side, because I think that's the more um, fascinating side. It can be really easy when you're watching your child struggle and you're struggling with your child to think maybe it's because I gave them too much sugar or, you know, you hear about like red dyes or maybe it's because I let them watch too much TV. This this is not your fault, but this is not the fault of the parents. It is a genetic thing. It is a developmental disorder of the executive functions. It's just the way that their brain works. Okay. I've also learned some that it is addressed in some areas of mental health Mm, yeah, and mental health um, services for individuals, both young and old. So there's a lot. And we were talking about it. Would you share the story? Be willing to share the story about understanding how, you know, individuals might successfully create an adult career and be totally undiagnosed. Mm, yeah. So that's my husband. He okay. is, I didn't want to throw him under the bus. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> you're good. Um, and side note, I married the greatest man in the world. I love him. He is the best partner. Uh, but it's been interesting as we've gone down this ADHD journey with with our daughter to learn 100% this came from his side of the family and from him in particular. Um, he talks about getting held back in the first grade because he was too talkative. You know, he was that little kid that couldn't stay in his seat and that just wanted to talk, 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 talk. Um, he barely made it out of high school, just didn't really care, didn't do great. He, at the age of 19, went on a mission for his church, for our okay. church. And um, that's when he really kind of pulled it together. 
that's when he he had a goal, he had a desire, he had a vision, and he developed tools to learn how to learn, um, to study, and to succeed. When he came home, he started in community college and got straight A's. He transferred to Brigham Young University and easy transfer because his GPA was so high. Um, did phenomenal there at BYU and ultimately ended up getting accepted into multiple dental schools um, and is now a very successful entrepreneur as, as a dentist. So um, he, I think, is a really great example to me of, of how when our children have a goal and have a purpose and have a desire, man, they can do anything. I mean, they can Absolutely. literally... Their brains are so incredible. And the thing about my husband is he never had anybody to help him and guide him and and give him the tools and strategies to succeed when he was younger. So he ultimately had to kind of figure it out on his own. And he stumbled and he fell and he had a hard time with it. Um, Obviously, ultimately, he succeeded. Right. But it's still it's something that pops up for him. The nice thing about knowing about my daughter's diagnosis at a young age is that we can help her develop those tools and strategies and have those little wins and successes right now. Awesome. And you you mentioned you took her to therapy. At what age did you, was she diagnosed with ADHD? Let me think. She was in the, it was the very beginning of third grade. So it would have been just over two years ago. She was eight, eight years old when she was officially diagnosed. And how has she soared for the betterment now? I mean, you know, it's an interesting thing, right? Because she still has her struggles. And I will not lie to you, this morning was a hard morning for my warrior. She um, got upset about something, stomped upstairs with, we had 25, 30 minutes to go until we had to leave the house. And she screamed, I'm never going to school. (laughs) I was like, okay, here we go. The difference between this morning and say two or three years ago when that was happening is that I don't let that ruin my day. I am no longer reacting and screaming back and getting mad and feeling frustrated throughout my day. I am able to respond and show up as the mom that I want to show up as and continue to have a great day. And I can tell you that me taking care of me and making sure that my mindset is in the right place and that I am responding instead of reacting helps her to regulate her own emotions and eventually come off of it. So years ago, she would scream, throw a fit. I would yell, we've got to go get your clothes on all the things, right? It would be a morning fight. Mm -hmm. Um, She would be late for school. She'd be in tears. Like it would be a struggle this morning. I just let her go. I was like, okay, you're fine. And if you have to be late, you have to be late. It's not that it's not the end of the world. She went upstairs. I'm 90% sure that she read. She loves reading right now. She loves reading the Percy Jackson books, which the main character has ADHD. So she thinks that's pretty cool, right? Um, and after 15 minutes, she came downstairs and was totally fine. She got herself ready. We got out the door on time. She said, goodbye. I love you. I mean, it was a completely different reaction compared to before when I was losing my mind every time she lost her mind, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I can't imagine how many 
parents right now are hearing this and like, oh my gosh, that sounds like my every day, my my after school, my before bedtime, all of those issues. So you're hitting all of the, all the points. It really is the before, like in the morning, the bedtime routine and after school homework time is like, it's, it's challenging. It is extremely challenging. And I um, don't want any parent to hear this and go, oh, shoot, I'm yelling at my kid. I'm losing my mind. This is my fault. This isn't your fault. This is, that's just the human reaction is to get worked up when people around us get worked up. Um, so this isn't to make you feel bad, but to tell you there are things you can do. There's hope. To, to cope. Yeah. And to, and to feel okay. And to be that grounding person for yourself and for your child. So what would you share with the parents to do for themselves first? Because this is, this is literally the, I'm on an airplane. I put my oxygen mask on first. And then I give it to the child I want to give it to, or um, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, if you don't behave, you're not wearing <laughs> an oxygen mask, but no. Um, how do you, how do you teach a parent to put their oxygen mask on first when their child or children mm-hmm. are exploding around them? Um, I love that you said child or children, because again, it's genetic. So if one has it and you have multiple kids, the the therapist, the first thing she said was, okay, you have six kids. Who else has ADHD? And I was like, oh, (laughs) I don't know. And sure enough, I do have other children who have ADHD. Um, My tip, though, to parents, gosh, that's that's a that's a big question. I think there are two things I would say uh, when it comes to putting that that oxygen mask on yourself first. Um, one, be taking care of yourself. Uh, and that's, that's kind of one of my like wrap it up, uh, tips, but self-care has kind of become, um, just white noise. I think we hear it a lot like, Oh, self-care, but really take care of yourself. If you, as the mom do not feel, and I say mom, I mostly work with mothers, but as the parent, right, this is for all of the caregivers for these kids. If you do not feel well, physically mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, if you're not doing well, it's going to be extremely difficult to parent your child in a positive way. It just is. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. The other thing I would say is it really is just self-care for the brain. The mental part is um, life coaching. (laughs) I mean, that was was, uh, a huge part in me being able to show up for my kid and for myself the way that I wanted to, and in seeing how I was adding to my child's behavior. Um, and really just learning that our circumstances are neutral. Our thoughts about our circumstances create our feelings. Our feelings determine our actions and our actions get us our results every time. So like a couple of years ago, when my daughter was screaming, you know, I'm not going to school, then my thoughts were, oh, she's going to school. I can't believe we're doing this again. She better get herself down here and get ready. You know, those were my thoughts. Whereas now my thoughts are, she's having a hard morning. That doesn't mean I have to have a hard morning. It's going to be okay. You know, and those thoughts change the way I feel where before I was feeling furious. Now I'm feeling calm. 
And then my actions before my actions were yelling back at her. Now my actions are chill, you know, and the results are different. (laughs) You know, what's the definition for insanity? Doing over and over again and again and again. One different result. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's amazing because one of my favorite sayings and my students and the families that I work with, they know that my saying, the saying is when you change the way you think, the things you think about change. Mm, I like that. And exactly what you just shared. Because you change the way you think about your warrior having a meltdown. Mm -hmm. Everything that you think about then changed. Yeah. And every way. And and I loved how you said you don't react anymore. You respond. Yep. And for parents to understand the difference between react and respond is Mm -hmm. huge. And like you just mentioned, your response is different. Mm -hmm. Thus, you're not beating your head up against the wall every morning before school, every morning before church, every morning, anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and reaction versus response. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Um, Because this is literally a brain thing. So our prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain in the front, that is in charge of cognitive thinking. So when we're utilizing that part of the brain, we're able to respond. Mm -hmm. When this part shuts off, which can shut off during stressful situations, then the amygdala in the back of the brain pops on. And that's, that's the part that's in charge of emotions. So if we're functioning from the amygdala, then we're reacting. We're losing our mind. Now, here's the fascinating thing. That's literally what's happening for our ADHD warriors. These kids, their prefrontal cortex is delayed. So whenever they're feeling stressed, like you saying, hurry up, we've got 10 minutes to go. Now they immediately feel stress and that prefrontal cortex shuts off and their amygdala shuts on and they start getting emotionally dysregulated. Yes. And then we're getting mad at them for something that they don't necessarily have control over yet. So I think understanding the brain, understanding what's happening can help us to better understand our kids and can help us to understand ourselves and really take control of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But how does it happen? And let me ask you this. How does your husband's ADHD interact with two years ago your warriors adhd tantrums mm, that's they set, are they did they used to set each other off uh yes and yeah they did uh, to be honest they did and that was a bit of a struggle even when i was beginning to learn everything that i was learning and starting to implement all of these tools and strategies that i was learning and developing um, I would, I remember I would be able to stay pretty calm during a stressful situation. And then he would come in and start giving consequences, you know, like, well, if you don't do this, then, I'm, and then she starts losing it again. And I'm like, whoa, you like, I had this, you guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and that's what I want to talk about. Yes. Bring more. Bring yeah. More. 
I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, um, <laughs> coaching, <laughs> it's one of those things that coaching will help on. It's going to look different for every family, for every situation. Every kid with ADHD is extremely different. Um, but really being intentional about getting on the same page as your spouse, as your partner, I should say as your parenting partner, because even if parents are no longer married, they need to be on the same page when it comes to parenting this child or else it's going to be chaos. So getting on the same page with that parenting partner, um, sharing the things that you're learning, discussing ahead of times the tools that you're going to implement with this child so that it is the same across the board. That is huge. (laughs) Absolutely. So huge. And I think I think one of the things and you brought a good point up, even if you're not sharing the same household. But the child goes between households, Mm -hmm. the standard typical rules and regulations and most importantly, the structure Mm -hmm. needs to be it should be identical. Absolutely. So the the. Players in the picture at that house, that home environment, aren't the same, but the structure and everything else for these kids to succeed really needs to be in place. It does. And I think something that we don't necessarily fully understand is how much kids love and need structure. Uh, There was a study done years ago on a beach with babies, these little like toddlers that could crawl. Um, they put one baby in this one area away from its mother without any kind of a structure around it and studied, studied the child's like behavior and, and how they were responding and things. And they put another child, same exact distance from the mother, but they had, it it sounds so strange, but they had like four poles on corners so that it kind of had a square around this child. And that child was so much more calm. And at ease. Anyways, there are lots of studies that have been done to show that these children who have structure, who know what the boundaries are and and are and are able to stay within those boundaries, they feel safer and they feel more comfortable and more confident. Um, And it's the same with our not even our physical boundaries, but our um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like our rules and our, our household rules and how we function and how we react with one another. When we have those in place, our kids will feel more safe and be able to perform better. And they know their expectations. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. they know, they know what's required of them. They, like you said, they know their boundaries, but as kids, they push boundaries. Yeah. But the you and I know from my classroom experience and my years of working with youth and families, one of the biggest things is when there are no set rules, there Mm -hmm. are no set boundaries, the kids fall apart because they don't know when and they don't know how much, how often or today they can do this. But next week they do the exact same thing and then get in trouble for it. Right. Right. And that teaches them a lot of social cues within the household that, and you know, as they grow older, can get worse. Absolutely. Without the structure. 
And I will say it's one of those things in my program, we talk about setting boundaries. We talk about creating a family structure. Um, And if you have not done that yet, and you begin to implement it, expect terrible behavior from your child. (laughs) Expect it. Of course, they're going to be mad and confused and frustrated. Why are we setting these rules? Um, But you have to stick to your guns with it. Like you have to be consistent. And then eventually they fall into a very comfortable mode when it comes to um, your household rules. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I always told because I dealt with a lot of different behaviors in my classroom Mm. and I, we always knew when you set boundaries, when you set structure and limitations that are not only for safety, but for success, it will get worse before it gets better. Mm, Absolutely. And um, I was a part of a young Marines program. And we were the very first international young Marines program that had all special needs students. Oh, wow. That's cool. And we would take them to Quantico. We would have and put them through a one week boot camp mm-hmm. scenario. And these are inner city students with little to no structure. Most of them were extremely street smart. Mm. Probably all of them had ADHD, ADD, they were bipolar, they were, you name the gamut, Mm -hmm. and they were that in a school structure, in a school setting. Yeah. Academic issues. But then when we took them out, we, we taught them to learn and respect each other. But first off, they had to respect themselves. And when we set those limits on them, we came back and yeah, they, they still had issues throughout the school year, but they eventually, some of them, most of them became the model students mm-hmm. because we had that structure around them. Yeah. And well, we and let's- help them to a higher expectation of themselves. And the neat yeah. part was they soared. They loved it. And yeah. the esteem and everything else. So many kids with ADHD are, I mean, off the charts when it comes to IQ. Mm -hmm. They're incredibly intelligent. The thing with ADHD is it's not, it has nothing to do with smart and everything to do with executive function. And executive function is the ability to do what you want to do. So these kids might know like... Say that again. That is, people need to hear that. It's like, this is something I didn't know. I didn't understand this, but executive function is the ability to do what you want to do. The hard part about ADHD and our public school systems is that it's not really conducive to kids who have ADHD, right? Um, It can be extremely challenging for our kids who have ADHD, which is why, and we could go on about this, I'll keep it short, but it's crucial if your kid is in um, you know, the, the public school setting that you're on the same page with the teacher, that you're in communication, that you are a strong support for your child. You're not enabling them, but you're supporting them. Um, but being in, in, in contact with the teacher, being on the same page is extremely important. And there are, at least in the United States, 
there are uh, different things that you can implement to help your child in school, like IEPs, which is an individualized educational program. Um, and, and that is, well, you can get that if you have other academic struggles, such as dyslexia or um, things like that. Okay. The right. second one is a 504 plan, which if you are diagnosed with ADHD in the United States of America, you automatically can get a 504 plan, which is one of the reasons why I encourage parents. Some parents are like, oh, yeah, I think they have ADHD. I don't really want to get the diagnosis. I don't want to label them. This isn't a label. This is a diagnosis. And when you have the official diagnosis, you can get them the help and support that will help them to succeed. Um, so anyways, when it comes to the school system settings, I say just be in contact with your teacher. Your child is off the charts smart. They just need to learn the tools and strategies to be able to do what they want to do. Absolutely. Would you like to better attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting? Did you know that podcast advertising has become the number one way to reach customers since 2020? Go to the kidfactor.fun, book a chat with me to see if your business qualifies to advertise on our show. And you know, when I was in the classroom and setting up my classroom, I asked my students, what do you want to learn? And how do you want to learn it? And mm -hmm. when I allowed them to create and do more projects, yeah, they were that they were in control of. But I gave them the parameters, those boundaries that we were talking about. Here's yep, the, the expectations, expectations, the checklist that uh -huh. you need. These kids would blow it out of the water. Oh, because they're listen, they, Barb. <laughs> My kid will come home with a project that she needs to do. I am not a creative mom. And I, I don't I don't talk negatively to myself. I think everyone should like we can all do what we want. I'm just I don't have that gift. I don't love projects. I'm not creative in that regard. From a young age, I've just kind of finally been like, go ahead and do whatever you want to do with this. And if you need my help, I'm here. But like, I am not going to run this girlfriend blows it out of the park every single time. Like her brain is just so creative. She, any type of project, she, it, it is mind boggling to me. So yeah, I love that you did that as a teacher and gave them that option to just run with it, to do the projects instead of the book work. I mean, these kids, they read a page, they have no idea what they read. They Absolutely. read it again. again. Don't even get to the first, the four sentences, three sentences. Oh. What's that about? I have no idea. If they're not interested, it's not going to stick. That's right. And that's, you know, that's one of the fallacies that so many people talk about that ADHD, you can't pay attention. That's mm, not, yeah. true that because, not true because if you find that subject that they love, they're going to be like a pit bull and they're not going to let go of it. And they could yes. spend hours hours yes. doing one thing. And, and that's, you know, that's something that I saw in the classroom where I would try to share with other teachers or the parents that yes, this child struggles with this subject area, the way it's being taught. But if you told right. them, here's a movie camera, something that I did, here's a V back in the day, a VHS video camera, 
Here's a video camera. I want you to create a movie about this math problem or about this science issue or this English project that you have to do. Yeah. Kids come back and they soared and the other teachers would see what my students did with these video cameras or we we had a program called Kid Picks back in the day and mm-hmm. my students would use this software program to create movies to create interviews my students back in the 90s precursor youtube and podcasts but they were learning to do that kind of work and excelling at it where yeah. most teachers were they can't read that book well let them figure out what the book is about and let them tell the story of their book report, not in pen and paper, not type it on the mm-hmm. computer where it doesn't move as fast as their brain does. Right. If my right. fingers I love don't that you type, say that. Yeah. If, if my yeah, fingers ADHD don't type as fast as the brain, my brain moves, I have to find that tool. Like you mentioned, your husband found the study tools and the mentors and things like that. And once he got those under control and they became his, he soared. Mm-hmm. The same yeah. is true about our kids. Yeah. Yeah. ADHD is not an inability to focus, it is about regulating your focus. Yes. It's an inability to regulate your focus. So like you said, when they find something they're interested in, that's called Mm hyper-focusing. And my daughter can hyper-focus. Man, that girl knew every planet, every star constellation, like everything about space. I had no idea until one night we were under the stars and she starts pointing at things and telling us facts. And I was like, where did that? This was years ago. I was like, where did that come from? You know, she was just interested in it. She can tell you everything about uh, dinosaurs right now. That's her hyper focus is everything about dinosaurs, how big they were, all the different names, the carnivores, the herbivores, like uh, all these facts that I'm like, where, where do you even come up with this? Because she's interested. Yes. Um, so I love that. If we can help our children to gain interest in whatever it is they're learning. Yeah, they're unstoppable. Absolutely. And that, you know, that was another thing that I struggled with in the classroom when I was teaching that our students in the school systems are expected to do math between 845 and 915. Mm. Okay. Yeah. But as adults, do we only do math between 845 and 915? No, we do math all day long. We right. do English all day long. It all fits together. Mm. But the way our classes are instructing our young people, it's segmented. And if you're you don't like that segment, you're not going to excel at that. Right. But if you find a way for that all to fit together to be the holistic, the whole child, mm-hmm. absolutely, they're they're genius in a body of the school system trying to be say, nope, you got to sit in your desk. Yeah. You, you need to use paper and pencil. You have to use your computer and your fingers aren't typing faster, fast enough that your mind is flowing. Yeah. The creativity and the thoughts. So kudos to you. I love that. 
Kudos to you. So let me ask you this question regarding what you're dealing with. Now, you, you've said you had six children. Yes. The first three girl, f- four girls, first four girls, the first three were easy. Fourth one is your warrior. Well, here's here's an interesting. Let's actually stop just real quick. Number two, I think, is also an ADHD warrior. She was a very compliant, uh, pretty easy kid. She is 15 years old right now. Okay. And it was about six or eight months ago that she came up to me and said, Mom, I tell me a little more about ADHD. And I said, Okay, why? You know, I we chatted. I said, Why? She said, I'm pretty sure I have ADHD. And I said, Really? I said, Tell me why you think you might have ADHD. And she tells me some of the things that she's struggling with. Well, ADHD, side note, there are three different types of ADHD. There's ADHD hyperactive type. There's ADHD inattentive type, and there's ADHD combined type. So my fourth daughter, my little warrior, she is combined type, which means she has the hyperactivity. She is, um, uh, she's very fidgety, and she also is very easily distracted <laughs> and, and has a really hard time focusing. My second daughter is. ADHD inattentive type, which means all of the hyperactivity is happening inside her brain. Okay. Um, And as she was telling me some of the things she's struggling with. So over the past six months, I've just kind of been sitting back and watching her. And I'm like, oh, yes, I missed all the signs because there weren't any of the behavioral struggles with this child. The exterior behavioral The behavioral struggles are often, most often found in the children who are either combined type or hyperactive type. And another side note, most boys are hyperactive Mm -hmm. and most girls are inattentive. It presents very differently for boys and girls oftentimes, which is why more boys are diagnosed than girls. There are so many women who go off to college, get married turn 40 years old and realize, oh my goodness, all of these struggles I've had are because I have ADHD and I never knew it. It got missed. It was never, never addressed in the school setting, you know, because teachers are struggling with these ADHD boys. I say boys, but boys and girls who are hyperactive and having a hard time sitting in their seats and are very impulsive, right? So um, anyways, that's, I've got my oldest daughter, I don't think she has ADHD. Maybe she, I don't know. Second one, probably this week will be diagnosed with ADHD and attentive type. Third daughter is, um, does not have ADHD. And fourth daughter is the warrior that we've been learning all of this from over the last couple of years. All right. Now, let me ask you this with one or two right now that you know of. And two years ago, before the diagnosis, before the awareness came around, how we always talk about the squeaky wheel gets the oil, gets Mm. the attention. Yeah. And the tantrums, the outbursts, both in-house, out of house, in school, out of school. How did you, you as a parent and, and your husband as well? How did you parent that 
so that the other ones, your other children, weren't left behind. They weren't ignored because that squeaky one is taking all the family attention right now. That is such a good question. And it is the um, it, it can be the dilemma of any family who has a challenging child, um, right. whether it's ADHD or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few things that we have implemented in our family. And actually, many of them we've implemented since ADHD. I don't know that it necessarily is connected. Maybe it was and we didn't realize it. One thing is we have a weekly family council. Every Sunday, we uh, pop some popcorn, have some snacks, gather around the table. We've got a great big family calendar that I pull out so we can go over the calendar, go over the week. And we ask each child, what do you have going this week? How can I support you? And that helps us as parents to be aware of each child's individual week, their schedule, their needs. How can we pray for them? How can we support them? All of the things. That has been very, very helpful so that all of our kids know that we're there for them. Even if it appears that a lot of our daily attention is going towards this one challenge, Uh, We're there for all of them. That's been really helpful. Number two, this is probably my favorite thing that we've ever implemented. We started it January of 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Um, But every single month, my husband and I each go on a one-on-one date with one child. Now we've got six. So our kids have to kind of, um, you know, every other month they get a date. January of 2020, we started dating our kids one-on-one. Um, so every month my husband and I each get one date with one kid and the kids just rotate. So okay. they know every other month they get a date with mom and then two months later they get a date with dad. That's kind of how we've done it. And we we've only implemented it for the oldest four so far. Okay. And then the two littles, they just kind of get occasional random dates here and there. <laughs> like we haven't like physically put them in the rotation. Um, that has been a game changer. It has allowed us to, first of all, I mean, I know this is the case in any family with more than one child, but when you get that child away from their siblings and away from the stresses of home and on their own, I mean, that's when you can really see this child. Our relationships as parents with our kids have been strengthened immensely over the past almost four years now, I guess. And I, I think most of that is because of these one-on-one dates. That's incredible. Now, what type of things do you do? Does it cost money to take them on the date or do you let them choose what they want to do? Or how do you structure that date? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is this can look however you want it to look. So if you don't have it in your budget right now to spend money, just go for a bike ride and get a $1 ice cream at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Like just... Um, don't don't make this into a big expensive thing. We have a budget of $25 per date. Okay. Um, and we try to stick within that. If we go a little over, then we go a little over. But you know, they're actually my second daughter. Um, she is just kind of an adventurer. She loves adventures. She just hiked the Grand Canyon rim to rim. Like this girl's so fun. She's out of control. But she really wanted to go um uh like go-kart racing. Okay. I think 
think that's what it is, which that's kind of a pricey one. So she, we did, we talked to her and said, okay, Hey, if we do free dates for like three months, then we'll save up that money and you can go, go, go kart racing with dad on a date. So we've done those kind of things where some have been more, um, more expensive. Some have been less. We let the kids decide what they want to do. We've gone roller skating. We've gone to movies. We've gone out for an actual like meal as a family of six, well, family of eight. We don't really go out to big restaurants very often because right. that's expensive. But we'll go on a one-on-one to a restaurant that the kids don't normally get to if that's what they want to do. So we've um, we've left a lot of it up to the kids. I, here's a fun thing too. Again, I told you that my warrior is really into dinosaurs right now. We let her watch some of the Jurassic movies over the summer. We were like, you're kind of a big kid. We think you can handle it. She loved them. Well, this Jurassic World live tour came through Phoenix over the summer. And so we surprised her with that date. My husband took her to that and she just like lost her mind. She loved it so much. So we love to do those little one-on-one things that are particular for each kid that they really love, that is special to them. Um, And yeah. That's excellent. So do you have a paleontologist in the making? That's literally what she wants to be. Okay. That that makes sense. Absolutely. Now, granted, one thing about ADHD is, I mean, I love talking to ADHD entrepreneurs because like every other day they have a new business idea. (laughs) You know what I mean? I do. Every two months, this girl has a new hyper focus. So right now is paleontology. Next, at one point, it was an astronaut when she was really into space, right? Who knows what next year is going to bring, but exactly. And that, you know, and that's something that we want to really reiterate for parents support them where they are today. Yes. Yes. Because um, when she started loving dinosaurs, I'm I'm hoping, and I know you well enough, you didn't go say, well, no, you're going to be an astronaut. You can't be a paleontologist because you like to ask exactly. You have to support them where they are today. Yeah, and don't tell her, but most of her Christmas presents are toy dinosaurs. <laughs> okay, well, she can't listen to our podcast. And- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, meet your child where they are. Um, that's that's huge in ev- in every situation in their hyper focuses and in their interests interests and also like in their academics maybe they're not where their classmates are maybe they're not where your older kids were when they were that age that's okay meet your child where they are and parent the child you have absolutely very cool well angel this has been amazing and oh, i certainly hope that you know as your motherhood mastery adhd motherhood mastery program grows and i hope you come back because i, I think there's to. so much i think there's so much for us to uncover and people and families know that you know you're not alone mm-hmm. you did nothing wrong mm-hmm. to in in the journey of this happening and being exposed in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the weekly family council. That's something that I teach in the parent factor all the time and, and the one-on-one dates with the parents, you know, go, go out and do something because that way you get to know your kids better. Yeah. But even more so I have found the kids get to know you better. 
Mm. Yes. They know what makes you laugh and how to make you laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, because we already know they know that they know what buttons to push to make us cry and hurt at it. So, um, this has been incredible. Well, and and I want to just add one really quick. Like, it's not just a matter of, um, Oh, how did you put it? It's not just a matter of being able to support our warriors, but I want moms to know, especially that they can also love this motherhood journey even with these bumps in the road. Like, I think that it's so easy to kind of get in that mindset of like, how oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Uh, this, I feel so disconnected from my kid. I'm not enjoying being a mother. That is very, you can, you can love it. Of course we love our kids, but you can also love parenting your kid. So that's, that's a big part of my, my. Coaching. What's the key to doing that though? Key or keys? <laughs> Okay, there you go. No, uh, key. The main key is going to be mindset. Every time, every time, and that's not something that I think is easy to change on your own. Which is why I think coaching is crucial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think someone who is outside of your brain can help you see. Hey, these are the thoughts that are on repeat that you don't even realize are right. on repeat, and those thoughts are causing your feelings of frustration, anger, irritation, all the things that are making you feel unhappy in your motherhood journey. But if you change this up here, you change those thoughts. If you become aware of the thoughts you're thinking and then choose thoughts on purpose, you're going to change your whole experience as a mom. And it goes back to when you change the way you think, the things you think about change. And I liked how you said earlier about the prefrontal cortex. And we have to remember these are children and their bodies physically have not fully developed yet. Right. And studies and research show that they will be 26 years old. And, you know, they get, they go to school, they go to college, they get in the community and they get in trouble for something. And one of the first things a parent asks is what were you thinking? And they're not 26 yet. That frontal cortex has not fully formed yet. And again, kids who have ADHD are three to five years behind developmentally when it comes to executive functioning skills, when it comes to the prefrontal cortex being fully developed. They're five years behind. So you might be looking at your kid going, you're 12 years old. Why would you do that? Well, developmentally, they might be eight. Right. So that's just something to be aware of as well. Yeah. And that's 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 huge for parents to help them to better understand the children in their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay, I've got a question for you. Um, I ask all my all my interviewees. If you because you're you're an entrepreneur, your husband's an entrepreneur, you're raising some entrepreneurs. If you with everything that you know today. What would you go back and teach and and tell your eight-year-old self about business, money, and personal development? Okay. Um, Anything is possible. Okay. I think that would be one of the main ones. Keep learning. I remember thinking after I graduated college, well, I can check that off the box. Um, no, keep learning. 
and you don't have to trade time for money. That is truly one of the secrets that the wealthy teach their children. Because when you trade your time for money, you can only do so much. Yeah. And here at the Kid Factor, one of the big things that I teach is you get paid for what you own, not for what you do. Mm -hmm. Which is one of the reasons our digital vending program is so successful. And I would love to talk to your warrior about creating a digital vending project about dinosaurs. Oh my gosh. And the cool thing is when we, when I create something like that with a young person and an adult, we're partnering with Jeff Bezos. Oh, that's cool. And we are partnering with other organizations and businesses around the world but then that child can own that digital vending product. Yeah. Well, when they own that product, like you said, you don't trade your time for money. They do it the one time, but then they get paid again and again and again right. for that product being out there. So um, we, I think we need, we need to talk about 2024 yes. and doing a digital vending project. So, so. Cool. Wonderful. So before we leave today, three things that words of wisdom might drop moments that you can drop on our audience. Okay. If you're raising an ADHD warrior, number one, learn about ADHD. Understand this diagnosis, understand this disorder, because the more you understand it, the more empathy you'll have for your child, the more you'll be able to parent them the way they need it. Number two, when it comes to your kid, get curious, not furious. When you're curious, your brain is going to go to work to find an answer. You're curious about why would they do that? Why would they say that? Why wouldn't they do that? Get curious. Don't get furious. You're, if you're furious, again, you're just going to react instead of respond. Number three, and we touched on it, self-care. Don't let it be white noise. Schedule it into your day. The first thing I do every day, I get up, I put my workout clothes on, I say my prayers, I read 10 pages in a personal development book while I am drinking my pre-workout drink, and then I go running before my entire family is awake. I take care of this, my brain, I take care of my, my spirit through prayer, and I take care of my physical body through exercise. And I'm telling you, that puts me in a place to be able to now take care of everyone else around me the way that I want to. So learn about ADHD, get curious, and self-care. That's excellent. And I know we spoke in our um, pre-podcast interview, we spoke a little bit about NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I can't stress enough, and we'll have all of this and links to your materials in our show notes. But one of the biggest things is that there is hope, but there's also family support programs and family support groups for the adults, for mm -hmm. the family members through NAMI at no cost. 
um, go to NAMI, N-A-M-I dot org. And those two will be in the um, show notes, but it is something that there's hope. You don't have to do this alone. And our interview hopefully sparks a conversation and a look into yourself and your family and what you're dealing with. And definitely, you know, learn about ADHD, get curious, not furious. I love that. And your personal self-care daily. And I think one of the things that I would add to that is to make sure you teach your warriors and all of your children that self-care. Yes. How to do their own personal self-care. And I think if they see and understand that mom or dad or the parent factor in their household is doing that, we truly lead by and set examples by the examples that we set. Absolutely. And honestly, we could talk for another 30 30 minutes about how being active helps our ADHD warriors in every in every way. When you're doing homework, be active. It helps them focus. You know, get them involved in sports, get them moving their body because it really does help um every aspect of ADHD. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe we can do that when you come back and tell us about how you did in your marathon that you're running. And ah, yeah, that sounds good. Yes. Oh, Angel, thank you so much. And of course. the Kid Factor family, thank you so much. I am so excited that you are here. And as always, remember your ABCs. Be strong in all that you do in academics, business, cash flow, and most importantly in life. And you will be unstoppable and create the life that others only dream of. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show. Submit a rating and review and share us with your friends and family. Be sure to go to our website, thekidfactor.fun, to receive your free PDF, Tips for Raising Financially Independent Kids. 